We're the Bunko Boys. I'm Alex Parr. And I'm Davis Johnson. Today we discuss veganism, Cokeville, and haircuts. You're listening to The Berg. Why would you go vegetarian? Why would I go vegetarian? Um, well, so, a little background about me. A lot of my family, a few of my siblings, and my mom, uh, they are vegetarian slash vegan. So I've, I've heard lots of propaganda from them and stuff like that. And then, hearing about it, some of it does make sense to me, and I've always wanted to try it, but I've never just had the motivation to just do it. And I always felt like it'd be harder than it was. Uh... But then Alex, so a few podcasts ago, oh, I guess we didn't post that podcast. No. Um, Alex talked about doing something called the, the carnivore diet. So Alex can tell more about that. But hearing Alex talk about doing the carnivore diet, I said, you know what? Let's go opposition to Alex and try going vegetarian. Um, the main reason I did the carnivore diet was, first of all, to see if anything was true. Because when I heard about it, it sounded like, straight up false doctrine like if you only eat meat you can survive there's no way because you'll get like scurvy Scurvy. or something yeah (laughs) vitamin c deficiencies um but there's a lot of like research that's not very peer-reviewed not very credible that says you can live off of the carnivore diet and there's a bunch of people for example joe rogan jordan b peterson michaela peterson just like intellectuals or popular people like on the internet that have tried it or that do it and have experienced health benefits so i wanted to try it so let me just give a little clarification on the carnivore diet. It's not just meeting, eating a lot of meat. That is literally the only thing Alex ate for three weeks. Yeah, for three weeks. And it that means like no milk, no rice, no bread, no sauce. I would only season my meat with salt. Yeah, like could, the first week, I did use a little bit of pepper, and then I cut it out. So you literally only had salt, meat, and eventually only beef, yeah. and water. So the last week I did beef only. The first week I cut out fish and then I cut out pork and then I cut out chicken. And then I was just doing beef, salt, and water. And uh, I also donate plasma on a weekly basis, as does Davis. And through plasma donation, I was kind of able to see how it affected my body and like my (laughs) blood. And I never noticed this before, but there's like a little device that like filters out the fat in your blood. Um, when you donate so that it can like filter it properly and take out the plasma. And I was looking at the fat filter, like right before I stopped doing the carnivore diet, my blood was so dense, just filled with fat. And it grossed me out so bad. I decided to quit the carnivore diet despite like all the positive changes because I was feeling a little bit better. I want to hear the positives. Yeah. So what I noticed is I was sleeping better. I actually had more energy in the mornings, which is kind of weird. Um, I noticed I was eating twice as much and twice as often and drinking twice as much and twice as often, probably just because my body needed more nutrients. I, but I lost five pounds, which I feel like means that my metabolism was working faster. I felt more mental clarity, um, which is what a lot of people on the keto diet also say is that when they are on keto, it helps their brain function a little bit better. So maybe I was experiencing something similar, but those are all the positives, um, negatives. I was losing weight. I was trying to gain weight. Didn't work. Um, I smelled like meat. Eating sucked. Our, like, eating was not fun. Our house literally smelled like meat all the time. Like, when, like, Alex switched to, like, only beef, like, I'd wake up in the morning and i like, get out of the shower and i walk in our kitchen and it just smelled like hamburger at, like, 8 in the morning. I was like, ah, oh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not very fun. 
Um, the only reason why I ended up switching and stopping the diet is because the benefits I were seeing weren't really that crazy. Like I felt like I was sleeping a little better. I had like a little bit more energy. Um, but eating was no longer fun. It was really expensive too. So I feel like it just wasn't a good lifestyle. And then seeing all the fat that was, that was getting in my blood, like in my bloodstream was super gross. That's the main reason why I decided to quit. Yeah, it's interesting because me and Alex watched a documentary pretty recently. It's called The Game Changers. And it talked about one segment of it was like very specifically on like plasma and how your blood's affected by it. So it was just cool to see that like Alex's plasma actually was different or at least his blood was different from going just meat. And I I still need to be vegetarian longer, I think, or cut out more fat in my life. But I'm excited to see if my plasma is very different from being vegetarian. Yeah, I feel like plasma donation, it's a good way to kind of measure what we're doing without having access to actual medical tools. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool. And I think that the vegetarian diet or vegan diet is probably beneficial, especially after watching Game Changers. Super interesting. Yeah, because it talks about a lot of um, not only ethical, but mostly health reasons why eating all vegetables is a positive thing, a positive lifestyle change. And something that I didn't know is that, like, gladiators in ancient Rome um, ate plant-based. Like, they were vegetarians, essentially, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, with the gladiators or, like, so many athletes who are, like, huge, I would have thought, they had to have eaten a ton of meat, but they're vegetarian. For example, like, this one shocked me. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a vegetarian. <laughs> There's, like, huge bodybuilders on the show or a ton of, like, NFL athletes who, like, were vegetarian. Because it's interesting because, like, once I told people that I was, like, going to try going vegetarian, they're like, oh, but, like, how are you going to get your protein and stuff? But then it was cool to, like, watch this documentary and see that, like, there's so many ways to, like, get protein other than just, like, eating steak. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only thing that they really said you could be deficient on was the B12 vitamin. Mm -hmm. And there isn't even that much in meat. Like, they said that even people that eat normally, that eat, like, meat, need to take might need to take vitamin B12 supplements. Yeah, because from my understanding, B12 comes from, like, kind of, I think it's, like, dirt or, like, the soil that, like, will be picked up by, like, cows, for example. When they're, like, grazing, they'll, like, eat some of the dirt, and that becomes, like, that is where B12 vitamin comes from. Mm. Um, so I think if there's, you can maybe get some B12, I think it said in the documentary about like if there's some like soil or dirt residue on your vegetables and stuff, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you can get everything you need through supplements. Like the, yeah. I think the whole point is just saying like, you really don't need meat in your diet to survive. And it was interesting. I lived off of just meat for a few weeks and I was fine. Like I didn't die. Obviously my blood wasn't the healthiest and like red meat causes a lot of heart problems it's supposed to. Like, if you read on the National Heart Association website, they basically say, like, if you eat red meat, you'll die. And I was eating only red meat for an entire week. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's probably... Terrible for your cholesterol. Yeah, it's definitely not the healthiest thing in the world. I remember... So I was talking to Davis's older brother, Sam Johnson, and he's a vegan. He's a committed vegan. And there are a lot of good reasons that aren't really, like, in your face or down your throat to become vegan. Like, apart from the ethical reasons, a lot of good health reasons. And Davis probably knows a little That's bit a more about those. Yeah, because I think a lot of times, like, people kind of get pushed away from vegans because, yeah, some of some of the reasoning of why they are vegan can be kind of down your throat because there are moral reasons, and they actually like, genuinely believe in those moral reasons, which I can respect, mm -hmm. but I can understand why some people be put off. But there are a lot of, like, dietary, like, reasons for being vegan that I think a lot of people don't realize. 
Yeah, it was kind of cool. And I think, so my next step is here shortly. Um, I'm going to switch from the all carnivore diet. I the, Earlier this week, I finished my diet. I decided to switch over. I'm eating normal foods now, and I'm going to try uh, vegetarian, and then I'll move into veganism. And I want to try this experiment again for about a month just to see how it affects my body and if the lifestyle change is actually significant and good for me. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting, just like with me being vegetarian, obviously it's only been two weeks, but for me... One of my biggest takeaways, especially since it's not been very long, I haven't like seen like big health things or stuff. One of my big takeaways is like it's been a lot easier than I thought it was gonna be. Because I think in your head when you like, think about going vegetarian, you're like, how could I go without meat? Like, meat's too good. It tastes too good. Or it's like meat's in all my meals. Because I think you kind of trick yourself like for a meal to be a meal, there needs to be meat in it. So I thought it'd be really hard to transition to have no having no meat. But it's honestly been super easy. Like a lot of my meals have been good. I feel like. I've had a meal even though I haven't had meat. Honestly, the only time it's been hard not having meat is like if somebody's already made meat and it's like in front of me because mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, that'd just be nice to eat. But like since I do all my cooking on my own, it's super easy just not to have meat. Yeah. Have you noticed a difference at all in your skin? Because when I went all meat, like on the carnivore diet, something I did notice is my skin became a lot more healthy. I, think, I wonder why that is. So did after research? Yeah. So after doing some research, I think that it's because I cut out lactose and sugar from my diet. I wasn't drinking any milk or I didn't Mm. have a lot of lactose intake, which is supposed to cause acne. And I didn't have a lot of sugar intake, which is another cause of acne. So I think just by cutting out those two simple things, it helped clear up my skin a ton. Have you noticed anything similar? I haven't really been paying attention to my skin a lot. Um, I know for me, like good hydration helps my skin. I feel like you get a lot of water from vegetables and fruit, actually. Mm. So I I would imagine that would help. I still, because I'm not vegan, I'm just vegetarian. I've still had a lot of dairy so that's probably not good for my skin. I would need to pay more attention. Alex is in a good job at like logging, maybe not like physically logging. I don't know what you do, but like mm-hmm. paying attention to like how it affects your body. I'm just doing it just cause I've always wanted to try. So I feel like I, it would be interesting for me to like watch it more. I feel like Alex, once he goes vegetarian and vegan, will have like more pros and cons on like it. Cause he's yeah. kind of so, compared it side to side. So when I was doing carnivore, I would keep like a little journal. I would try to log every day what I ate and like how it affected my body and it was kind of interesting to see like the the amount of food that I was eating like let me let me go to a day in the life of Alex (laughs) Parr on the carnivore diet and it might kind of like sound kind of disgusting let's see okay we'll go February 10th so today I woke up even though I stayed up late (laughs) I ate four pieces of bacon and two sausages for breakfast in between lunch, I well, before lunch, I ate one chicken breast, and then for lunch, I ate two ground beef patties and then a chicken tenderloin. For second lunch, I had two more chicken tenderloins. So that's three chicken tenderloins, one chicken breast, two beef patties, four pieces of sausage, no, four pieces of bacon and two sausages, sausages so far. For dinner, I cooked another two sausages and a pork chop, and then towards the end of the day, I started to feel a little sick with a sore throat, so I drank lots of water and had another pork chop before I went to bed. Yeah, so... I don't know if you caught on that list. He's had, like, a before lunch meal, second lunch. Alex was eating food, like, all the time. He ate so much food. Yeah, I couldn't get full. I think my metabolism just started working a ton because it didn't have a lot to, like, burn, I guess, with, like, carbohydrates. It didn't have a lot of fat to store because my body, like, it kind of did what keto does to you. It starts burning all your fat. And I'm like, I'm already a skinny, lean guy. So you probably lost your muscle. Yeah, I probably lost muscle weight. Those five pounds were probably all in muscle. That is really sad. It's interesting just because, like, 
with that documentary about like being vegan and just like thinking about how much meat you ate, mm. it showed like how much meat our country eats, and it's insane compared to other countries. Oh yeah, like we eat the majority of the like the meat consumption in the world, which is crazy. Like it's per capita, excessive. Yeah. per capita, especially like just like look at like holidays like the Fourth of July, or like Thanksgiving or Christmas. You eat so much meat. Mm. Like Fourth of July, you're like having burgers and hot dogs like all the time. Like everyone is. It's so true. And I don't know. I don't know if that's bad. Like, I don't think anything's wrong with it. But I feel like people should be a little bit more aware of what meat does to your body as far as health goes and how big the meat industry is. And just kind of be aware of where their food's coming from. Like, watch a video on how a slaughterhouse works, how those animals are treated. Because I think ignorance is a big problem. And as long as you understand what's going on, I feel like it's a lot more um, justifiable. It's a lot more fair, kind of. I know... This may be wrong, but at least at least for me, I felt like with like me not going vegetarian is very like willful ignorance. I kind of knew health reasons. And I kind of knew it was like pretty immoral, like with slaughterhouses and stuff. But I just kind of like, no, I'm ignorant. Like, I don't know. So I think just like ignorance in anything or like getting over ignorance in anything is kind of important and like not just like purposely being ignorant. Yeah, I agree. That's hard to do, though. Oh, like yeah. change your your way of life your system it makes of it belief. super uncomfortable yeah it's like kind of missionary work like when you go oh, in exactly. and you try to change a person's religion or you try to you're telling them something that goes against the their roots the foundations that they base built their lives upon it's it, very tough it was sad but like i kind of understand where they're coming from is like when i knew somebody like believed what i was teaching them but they didn't really want to accept it and it's because you would rather be like willfully ignorant than like make this change in your life where you're like super uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it depends on also like your priorities i remember this couple i was teaching on my mission and they were not married so they couldn't get like baptized or join the church because they were breaking a commandment and the reason they weren't married is because if they lived together unmarried the government would give them a ton of money and if they were to get married they wouldn't be able to afford the house they were living in and so like for that similar for that really small reason they decided not to get married and they weren't able to get baptized in the church. So, like, obviously in their minds, um, they prioritized their state of living, like kind of being able to provide for their family and exist where they were, than the importance of the gospel, which is really hard to change. Like, it's hard to look at someone and be like, um, yeah, so your house isn't very important. Like, you, you don't yeah. need your house. You don't need the food that's on your table. You, you need the gospel. Like, it's really hard to look at someone and tell them that. So I'm curious, just with this idea of, like, once you, like, have truth, let's say being vegetarian or vegan like really stuck with you like you felt like it was beneficial how long do you think you do it if i went vegetarian and i found it was good for me yeah would you keep being vegetarian or would you just like do this like month trial and then stop i would stick with it if i knew it was better for me and it wasn't hurting anyone else i would definitely stick with it so i'm curious i've done the carnivore diet i have made my decision that the carnivore diet is not for me (laughs) Um, I don't know if it's ethically appropriate either. (laughs) Beginning the vegetarian diet shortly, I hope that I'll find some benefit and that I'll be able to stick with it. Not necessarily that I'll go completely vegetarian um, for the rest of my life. But Mm -hmm. if I find that eating a lot of fruits and vegetables is good for me, then I'll change my diet for the rest of my life to eat lots of more fruits and vegetables because it's good for me. You know, so it just depends. I have an open mind. I'm kind of with you on that, too. I think I'm going to keep an open mind. But as of right now, I'm definitely going to, like, do this month trial. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes longer. 
Um, but as of right now, I don't know if I could be completely vegetarian. But I'm already seeing that I think it'd be wise to eat less meat yeah. and save it to like more social events where like meat is eaten. But like I think on my own with like my own diet that I look after, I probably wouldn't eat that much meat. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good way to look at it. Because I, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of social times. And this is something where I have a lot of respect for, like, vegans and vegetarians. I think there's a lot of social things about being vegan and vegetarian that's very hard. Or, like, let's say you're at a ward party or, like, yeah, like, 4th of July, like I said, yeah. where, like, everyone's eating meat and that's, like, the only meal option. And they just, like, go without food. Yeah. Or, like, let's say, like, somebody made you dinner but then it has meat. Like, it's pretty hard socially to be like, yeah, I'm not going to eat this meal you made me because. So that's, like, something I don't want to, like, have to do. But it's also something I have respect for for vegetarians or vegans because they're like, they believe enough like to stand with it. Yeah, I have a ton of respect for people like that. I experienced that on a small scale when we went to Cokeville. So four of <laughs> our roommates of Davis and I, they're all from Cokeville, and we decided to visit their hometown for the weekend. Um, Sterling Murdoch, we went over to the house of the Murdochs, and they were making us dinner, and they also made us breakfast. Uh, Sterling beforehand told them that I was on the carnivore diet. So they were super accommodating and they made me ground beef, which is great. So I just sat, yeah, super nice. But it was also the worst just sitting there alone eating ground beef with everyone else (laughs) around me, like eating these delicious meals, eating fruit, eating dessert. It's really tough. Yeah, I have to give props to Alex because like he actually like really did stick to this diet, even though it was like really hard sometimes. Like that's a great example. Like it would have been way easier like socially and just like for your own pleasure to just like have food there but like Alex stuck with it even though like it was not ideal <laughs> yeah it was no fun so tell me about Cokeville Alex what do you think of Cokeville okay so I loved Cokeville maybe tell them a little bit about Cokeville just so they know what city yeah. you're talking about and then tell them so Cokeville it's a small idea. little town a small city in Wyoming it's famous for like a bomb plot that happened years ago known as the Cokeville Miracle, where essentially some crazy man took control of an elementary slash high school with a bomb and threatened to explode the bomb if he wasn't given a ton of ransom money. There's a movie that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints kind of made about it. Um, If you're curious, go watch it or talk to our roommates. (laughs) And when we went to the city, the first thing I noticed was the Flying J. The gas station was probably the biggest building there. (laughs) I think a lot of shopping, I may be wrong, but I feel like because grocery stores, there aren't any in Cokeville. So Mm -hmm. I think they shop at Flying J or go to other city close by. What were your first impressions when we like drove into the actual city? So yeah, Cokeville, I think Alex has said this too. I knew it was a small place. I was surprised by how small it was, but also how like spread out small it was it wasn't like you could like walk to people's houses like you still could but like for example like sterling lived like far away like you wouldn't walk there so it was like very sprawled out where everyone lived yeah it was geographically larger than i expected but it was a small town like there were just normal houses they had one high school where everybody went together we went we went and did like a little tour we went and watched a women's jv basketball game at the high school yeah, so and we w- saw the one a, yeah one a one a girls jv basketball <laughs> oh. if you had told me two years ago that i was going to be going to a one a girls jv basketball game in wyoming i would not i would not have believed you it was no actually way. really fun i enjoyed my time there the coolest part was like their lunchroom their cafeteria was so small it looked like a small little diner it looked like yeah like a mcdonald's like eating area yeah it and there was were, so small there were like little booths booths around the outside and there was a long table in the middle and he like asked him like where'd you sit and so he's like i sat at the big table <laughs> and it's crazy because yeah i think the school's seventh 
grade to seniors. And so, like, I can't imagine, like, all the age group being in that cafeteria, but that's how it was. Yeah, imagine you being with, like, all your younger siblings and eating together at lunch. Yeah, so to put into perspective how small it is, some of our roommates, their graduating class from Cokeville was nine people. So, like, this is a tiny school. Yeah, and they're surprisingly good at sports. Just because yes. there's not a lot much else to do in Cokeville, I guess, everybody does everything. So, like, in our apartment, we have, like, the star basketball player. We have valedictorian. <laughs> it's yes. super funny. Our, our, our apartment's very... Very talented. Well-rounded, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> but they actually are really good. I'll, I'll give respect on my roommate's name. I, I wouldn't have thought they'd have been super good at sports, but then, like, they're very good at basketball. They're fun to play with. Definitely better than me. But kind of with that, since everybody plays sports, one thing I noticed, everybody in the city goes to the games. So, like, even at, like, the girls' basketball game that we went to, like, at my high school, probably nobody would have been at that game. But there's actually a lot of people at the game. Like, most of the city came to support, and it was pretty fun to be there. Yeah, it had a really cool feel. Everybody was invested in the game, too. It wasn't like they were just there to be there. They were, like, they were watching. They were cheering on their team. <laughs> it's super funny. The The high school they played was called Little Snake. Little Snake. Little Snake. But they're from... <laughs> Maybe it's just me who thinks this is funny. They're from a place called Bags, Wyoming. <laughs> I just, I just love, I just love that they played a high school in in Bags. Uh, I want a T-shirt from Bags, Wyoming. <laughs> I want to go to a gas station in Bags and get a Bags. If any of you guys uh, want to send in some T-shirts to the Berg podcast, please send them over yeah. to the Bunkhouse Apartments. We love some Bags, Wyoming T-shirts. <laughs> to all our fans out in Bags, <laughs> send, send us some Bags merch, please. <laughs> That's way funny. So, Alex, would you live in a town as small as Cokeville? I would if I had to, but it would never be, like, my first choice. I don't think I would enjoy living in a small town. I definitely enjoy interacting with people. I enjoy the opportunity that comes with living in a larger town. So I'm going to say if I had to, but I'd rather not. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, like, after my mission, like, living in Toronto, I realized I, I think big cities are really fun. I'd want to live in a big city sometime in my life. But I don't really have a desire to live in a city that small in my life. So, like, when you say big city, would you want to live in, like, I don't know, Manhattan, like yeah. New York, New York. Um, It's hard to say, okay. Because when I was on my mission, I live in Toronto, but <laughs> as a missionary, I wasn't paying for Toronto apartments. And so, like, I love living in the big city, but I guess I haven't, like, experienced, like, living in big city, meaning paying for a big city. So, like, I think it'd be cool to live in Manhattan, but I probably wouldn't ever because it costs way too much. Yeah, housing prices are way expensive, and they're always going up. But, like, I've been to, like, Chicago, and I thought, like, Chicago was very cool. Like, I could see myself, like, living, like, I couldn't afford, like, living in Chicago, Chicago, but, like, living in a part outside of Chicago and, like, working in Chicago. Stuff, something like that. I don't know. That's not, like, my life plan, but I think that would be very cool to at least spend a couple of years in a big city like that. I like the culture of big cities. I think it's kind of interesting because, like, everybody looks super nice like you go to a big city so or, let's or compare, super or super yeah. not nice yeah so you compare <laughs> you compare cokeville to like salt lake city i guess because that's the city i probably know best in yeah. salt lake city people are generally well dressed or they're homeless in cokeville everybody's just like a farmer everyone wears blue jeans everyone wears sweatshirts and everyone wears hats it's just like kind of normal <laughs> like people care a lot less about like how they look and like wearing name brand stuff and they care a lot more about like functionality which is something i kind of appreciate Super true but yeah in like toronto everyone mm-hmm. was like in name brand stuff like really fly like i get on the subway and like dang there's people who are dressed like really cool in here it's just interesting to compare that 
Yeah, did you see a difference in, like, I guess, hairstyles in Toronto? Like, people... Oh, yeah. Like, depending on wealth. I... I don't know. I guess with wealth, but I think, like, in small towns, they're a lot more conservative with their hairstyle, but, like, yeah, in Toronto, like, weren't conservative at all. They just, like, do whatever they thought looked cool. Mm -hmm. Like, either very short haircuts or very, like, big hair or colorful hair. Yeah. Just different things. That's kind of interesting. I, so in high school, I dyed my hair orange for <laughs> Halloween. I was, uh, I looked like KJ Appa or Archie from the show Riverdale. And that was the only reason. And that's the only time I've ever dyed my hair. And I think that it's an edgy look. I would not recommend dyeing your hair to anyone. I think in general, it looks bad. As a rule of thumb, dyeing your hair in general looks bad. I, I think for boys, I actually, I like when girls dye their hair. When they dye it like purple, pink. Okay. Okay. Let's put it this way. I wouldn't date that girl or I don't want my daughter to be that girl but I kind of respect how it looks but yeah. maybe that's just me but with Alex dyeing his hair I'm serious he actually did look like Archie from Riverdale like I remember like girls would take pictures of him like we were at, do you remember that one time we were at Savers oh yeah there's some girls just taking a picture of Alex and I was like I guarantee they're saying that he looks like Archie like, <laughs> that has to be it before he dyed his hair nobody took pictures of him but now like these random chicks are taking pictures of Alex so feel free to call into the Berg the first caller is gonna win a free signed photo of me looking like Archie from Riverdale <laughs> <laughs> but okay here's the thing yeah like whether you dye your hair or just like haircuts in general, I think says a ton about you. No, I agree. Because like looking back at people that are wealthy, I've noticed that they have a lot of wealthy people have a very similar hairstyle. Like the slick back hair, like Jake Gyllenhaal or just like a pompadour, you know, when oh, they yeah, like yeah. slick it straight back. I've noticed that that's a hairstyle among like, I guess, people that take care of themselves. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah, you know, that makes sense. I feel like those haircuts like take like frequent haircuts like you need to go to the barber frequently yeah to keep them going unlike me if you guys see my hair my hair is a uh, <laughs> very uh not been to the barber in a long time <laughs> yeah so davis is <laughs> davis is growing out his hair it's to the awkward phase where it's past being a medium-sized haircut and it's on its way to long but it doesn't quite look good yet <laughs> guys it's literally the worst so yeah i i was sitting one day and my, i noticed my hair is getting pretty long I was like, oh, I should get a haircut. But then I realized, when else in my life am I really going to be able to grow up my hair again? I feel like once I have like a real job, I'm not going to be able to grow up my hair. Just stuff like that. Maybe things will change, but I was like, this is probably one of the last opportunities I have to grow up my hair. So I've just decided I'm going to bite the bullet and try to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so bad right now. <laughs> so what does your hairstyle say about you as a person? Okay, I'm going to give you a hairstyle, and then you tell me what type of person I am. Ready? A mullet. If you see someone with a mullet, uh, okay. what, does, so it tell, what like, does it tell you about that? There's, like, two flavors of people that have a mullet. One is, like, a hick. Yeah. Who, like, has a mullet. Or two is, like, a kid in high school who's, like, who has that haircut because they think it's cool and funny. Oh, yeah. Or they, like, play baseball. Yeah, they, like, they get a mullet and they dye the tips blonde or they get a perm on top. Yeah, shout out to my little brother, Quinn. Johnson, <laughs> um, he uh, he had long ginger hair, and then one day he didn't tell us this, and he was wearing a hood for a long time, so we didn't really know what happened. <laughs> but he shaved his head into a mullet and dyed the and bleached the entire back part of it. And oh no! It looked very good, Quinn. It really it did. It didn't. <laughs> so what does that tell you about Quinn? What type of person is he? Here's the thing: I don't think Quinn is that type of person, but I think somebody outside the haircut, I 
I probably wouldn't like very much. Yeah, so, like, what's your... So, you see someone with a mullet that's dyed blonde? They're probably a D-bag. Yeah, like, I look at that person, I'm like, "Mm, you're probably not a very nice person. Like, you're probably a jerk. Or you're someone who lives in the country, like a hillbilly. Yeah, exactly. Those are are the people that wear mullets. How about, Alex, just, like, a guy who has long hair? Like, long hair in general? Okay, so, when I see someone with long hair, I think of someone that, like, likes to rock climb, likes to do yoga. If it's, like, you know, pretty long hair. Like, Jacob Metcalf. Yeah. Jacob Metcalf is someone who Davis and I used to lifeguard with, and he was super into rock climbing, and he was very good at it. That's the type of person I see with long hair. When I think of long hair, I don't think of, like, a businessman or, like, a bishop <laughs> or someone like that. I think of someone who's a lot more chill, maybe a surfer if they're blonde. No, that's true. So so Alex had long hair in high school. I did. Did you like it? I, I liked it a lot. I didn't look very cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. I did not look very good with long hair. Yeah, I'm curious if if I keep having determination and endure to the end and grow out my hair, if it'll look good or not. <laughs> I think you could do it. So a, long, a longer hairstyle that I like is having wings. Like when you grow your hair out to the point where it kind of curls at the end and then it goes all the way around the head and around the back. So it's just like kind of one curl and it looks pretty good. I think the wing haircut is acceptable. I like that with long hair. Another long haircut that I do like is like when it's curly, curly long hair. Yeah. Similar to Ethan Jenkins. I think he pulls it off very well. I'm not going to lie. So here's the thing with the, like the wing tips. Um, I think you either look like you're like 11 years old in the long hair or you look like, (laughs) you look like a villain in, in the Disney Channel, like high school movie. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the guy who's the bully in a Disney Channel high school movie would have, like, long hair, That's like, so wingtip. Didn't, like, Logan Paul have that exact yeah, same exactly. haircut? He's, like, the perfect Disney Channel villain. <laughs> yeah, he'd Logan be, like, the Paul. kid who, like, bullies the main character in a Disney Channel movie. That's so true. That's, that's, okay, so what, what does it say about you if you have a wingtip? I feel like haircut? I couldn't, I, I think I couldn't be, like, 25 years old or, like, 30 with like a wingtip like haircut. Okay, so the Logan Paul haircut, what does that say about you? You walk down the street and you see someone with wings. What does that mean? Uh, what do you think? I don't know. I think it just means it's like someone who's trying too hard, honestly. But they're a little behind on style. Yeah. When did wings become a thing? Is that early 2000s? Is I feel that... like early 2000s until like 2013. I think you can like track like Justin Bieber's haircut. Yeah. And, like, once he stopped having his hair like that, it's like, one, you should have probably stopped having your hair like that. Talking about Justin Bieber, <laughs> do you remember when he was, like, 11 and he had the, like, coconut head look? That's what I'm going for. <laughs> That's what I want. Because that was one cute hairstyle. I think lots of people would want to be friends with me if I had the Justin Bieber haircut in the music video Baby. Oh, dude. Okay, <laughs> that's what I have to say about the coconut haircut or the bowl cut. What that says to me is that you don't know how to make decisions. <laughs> You're letting someone else decide what haircut you get for you. <laughs> okay, I have a question. How do you feel about the buzz cut? Um, okay, when I think of buzz cut, I think of someone like Nick Oram. Someone that could like choke you out. Someone True. that's a military man or a little kid whose mom is just like, buzz cut time, and they get True. buzz cuts. Okay, we're going to come back to that little kid thing, but... So with the buzz cut, I feel like some people can pull off and make it, like, look good. But I think you have a very specific head shape. For example, like, Adam Levine, when he has his short, like, buzzed hair, I think it looks pretty good. But, like, I feel like I cannot have a buzz anymore. I think I, like, look like a cue ball. 
<laughs> no, that's fair. You have to have kind of like a longer head shape, and then it works. And then also, so Jake Gyllenhaal, he also looks pretty good with a buzzed head. Um, but you need a thick, uh, you need, not a thick, but a good jawline. And I, I think, think jawline is important. And also people with buzz cuts and beards pull it off way better if you have a beard. Do you think yeah. that facial hair says something about you as well? Because I think it kind of does. Probably. Like, yeah, for example, like, if you're bald, and I think if you've got a beard, I think it looks pretty good. Like, yeah. if you're bald. I agree. What's the best beard look? Is it, like, when you just have that, like, little shadow? Is I it think like it depends on your facial hair color. Mm. For example, I think if you have, like, dark facial hair, I think a shadow looks pretty good. Especially if you keep it clean with, like, sharper angles like clean angles Mm -hmm. but i think if you've got like red hair like shadow doesn't exist but i think you can like have in like a nice beard with like red hair i honestly don't really like like big beards very much yeah i really like uh how dallin jenkins does his beard because it's like a nice shortish length and he has blonde hair but it's dark enough where it shows up on his beard and it looks like pretty dark and i think he does the perfect length it's like maybe half an inch max on his beard it's because his, his comes in, like, very, like, full. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's, it's not spotty at all. Like, I couldn't do that. I, the only time I've attempted to grow facial hair is I tried to grow a mustache in November. And I actually think it went better than I thought, but it obviously wasn't very good. Was it dark enough, or did you have to dye it? Oh, I dyed it. <laughs> See, because I have red hair, it's getting darker, like, on top, like, less red. But, like, my facial hair comes in pretty red. But with it being red, I think it looks pretty blonde until it's longer. So I felt like I had to dye it. No, that's fair. And especially when you dye it, it really makes it look better. I remember seeing pictures of you with the mustache, and it turned out. I think it looked pretty good. Yeah, it looked pretty good. And, like, my hair was, like, long enough to, like, dye it, but Mm -hmm. it it wouldn't have been able to stand on its own. Yeah. What I can see, I can see the mustache look kind of coming back. And there's also, like, a person. I think it kind of has. Oh, it has come back for sure. Like... I think that people with long hair kind of give me a similar vibe to people with mustaches. Like, those are people that wear beanies, that like to go overlanding, like car camping all the time. People (laughs) like that. That's the type of person I imagine. Or they're a hype beast, and they wear, like, bucket hats and Supreme shirts, stuff like that. That's super true. I feel like I I wouldn't see, like, a super successful person having a mustache anymore. No. But I could be wrong. Maybe I just need to be around more successful people. (laughs) <laughs> well, I feel like most successful people look like missionaries. They're clean-shaven, and they have a normal a nice haircut. haircut. That's why, like, I don't think I'll have long hair later on. Yeah. Just because, like, this is my last time to, like, have it and still be successful. Okay, um, with the little kid thing, what haircut did you have as a little kid? And with your little boys, if you have sons, what haircut will you have them have? So, as a little boy, my grandma, she's a barber. So, she would cut my hair, and it was almost always a buzz cut. Like, it was really short, like, maybe, like, a two all the way around. It's just easy. It doesn't look bad. And as a kid, yeah, it's not like you're trying to impress anyone. And, yeah, I didn't on, Yeah, I didn't care what my hair looked like as a kid. And so, like, a buzz was nice because I didn't have to do it in the morning. I yeah. was, like, I was ready for church right as I woke <laughs> up. <laughs> Is that what you do for your kids if you had little boys? Um, I don't know. I, for example, so I have four brothers. I just remember, like, all of us, like, going to the barber and just, like, being able to all get haircuts really quickly because they just, like, buzz all of our hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty good choice for little kids. I don't really like one, and it's fine if you do this, but I don't think I'd want to do this with my sons, is, like, having them have long hair. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. 
don't know why. I, I just... don't think I'd ever advocate for my kids to get long hair, but if they decided, like, hey, I'm going to have long hair, I wouldn't go against it and say, like, no, you cut your hair. You're never coming home. Yeah. I wouldn't be one of those parents. Were your parents very strict on your haircut? No, they weren't. My parents were awesome. They supported me with everything I did and everything I wanted to do. When it was like, hey, I'm dyeing my hair red, they are like, okay, <laughs> just make sure you think about it before you do it. <laughs> you know, there was no, there was no cutback. There was no, I guess, judgment from my parents, which I really appreciate. Yeah, I think my parents, they're similar. Like, I never, like, tried anything crazy because I just knew my parents wouldn't like it. But I can't really think of a time where my parents were like, here's the rule, like, don't grow your hair out. Yeah. But I think just, like, I knew, like, them. But also, like, my brothers would make fun of me if I had long hair. <laughs> but here's the weird thing. I, like, always thought, like, it was not okay to grow out long hair in my family. And then, so, like, I didn't do it in high school even though I wanted to. And I got back from my mission, and three of my brothers had, like, wicked long hair. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck? I feel like you would have bullied me if I would have tried to grow up my hair in high school, but now you have long hair. That's so funny. I remember seeing Sam. He had a long beard, too. Yeah. Yeah, he looked, he like, looked a like a mountain a, man. He looked like a different man when I got back from <laughs> Yeah, mission. I know. He had a beard and was, long hair. So when I saw Sam after the mission, he had a beard, he had long hair, and he was vegan. <laughs> and I was like, what happened to you? Yeah, my family... Changed a lot when I was on my mission. <laughs> yeah, dude. Super funny. Yeah, it was super interesting to see, like, what conversation was like before I mission in my house versus, like, after yeah, my mission. Do you have a lot of conversations about, I guess, health, like, dieting? Yeah. I actually like my family's conversation. I think they're, they're pretty, like... Because my family now has, like, a pretty vi- wide variety of opinions, so it's not just, like, an echo chamber of, like, the same knowledge. So I think when you have conversations, I think it's a lot of, a lot of different viewpoints on mm-hmm. diet or... And I'd, I'd like to hear what the, what doctrinal evidence you found that either advocates for or against veganism or vegetarianism, because I feel like the word of wisdom, it essentially preaches moderation in all things and that things should be eaten in their time and season and that you should eat meat sparingly. So obviously the carnivore diet is not following the word of wisdom. I've stopped it. I won't do it again. <laughs> I understand that. But what does veganism have to do with the word of wisdom? Yeah, so if I'm being honest, I know I've been told things about it doctrinally um, from my siblings, but I really don't know enough to go off off of the cuff right now and give information. But maybe they could be on the podcast or I could just get knowledge from them and maybe another podcast I could give the doctrinal things behind it. Because I know a lot of times like when I talk about like being vegetarian, like on my mission if I said something about that, like my companion or other people are like, no, like it says in the scriptures, like eat meat. Yeah. And I'm like... I know I've heard from my brother that there's, like, things in the scripture that kind of go against that. So maybe I could get some knowledge on that for another time. Okay, I think that'd be super useful, just to understand, like, what the church's stance is. You know, like, all viewpoints on it. Yeah. Just a nice round conversation. (laughs) Round. A nice spherical conversation. Yeah. Um, How do you want to end?